0: Here's a disgusting statistic. There have already been 12 400-yard passing games. We are a quarter of the way through the season.
1: Yeah. It just shows you this, the sad state of affairs the NFL is in.
0: Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings has done it twice, and Tampa Bay's Ryan Fitzpatrick has done it three times.
1: Well, I can guarantee he's not going to get much 400-yard uh, yeah. games on the bench. Yeah Waka waka Well if this is your first time tuning in I'm Ben Perry, that is Brad Barmore And you've reached the Sports Meets Beer Podcast Hello Hi Uh, Thanks everyone for listening Uh, We are, as you just heard us Talking about the sad state of affairs For the uh, National Football League We're about a quarter of the way into the season And there are some surprising things That maybe you the listener aren't quite thinking about Uh, But before we dig into that Please check us out on all of our social medias. That would be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those. It is Sports Meets Beer, and that's M-E-A-T-S, like the protein, Sports Meats Beer. Uh, you can also reach us at sportsmeetsbeer gmail.com. Feel free to give us a shout. Uh, let us know if you have any show ideas. You want to come on the show? You want to give us some beer to talk about the show? You want to talk barbecue? We can take phone calls. We can get you in person. Let's do this. Let's do these. Episode 78 today. Wow. Uh, we're going to come close on that 100, although we've passed that mark a while back. and I, I, The few nights I've tried to stay up to count all of our episodes, I fall asleep each time.
0: <laughs> like some people are probably doing when they're listening to these episodes. Counting them, listening to them. They probably have the same effect. Well, I think
1: part of the reason why they stay awake is our ridiculous laughter and then also our heavy breathing, because that, that doesn't remind them of REM rest sleep. Yeah. <sighs> I kind of feel like it's the, you know, those um, YouTube videos of like people that are eating pickles and doing all the soft talk and they're doing this. Pickle, they're, pickly pickles. They're like, okay, and they're opening like a jar or something and they're talking when they're whispering and it's this weird audio sensory relaxation. I feel like we have like a moment of that and then it just turns into diarrhea poo <laughs> with our laughter <laughs> and our heavy mouth breathing. <laughs> Anyways, let's dig into this NFL. Not for long, not for losers,
0: uh, the highlight of the weekend was uh watching uh Earl Thomas not get hurt because that 's a freaking drag he 's a great player, but watching him give his own sideline the finger
1: that was pretty good uh, uh yeah it's funny i the, I was more surprised, not the the finger gesture totally blown away. I was more surprised with uh head coach. Pete Carroll. also was with his response? I was actually,
0: I was actually pleasantly
1: I'm, I'm, surprised. Right. give Cut the guy some slack. You know, he identified a young man, middle of a contract dispute, all those things. He's allowed to be frustrated. Cut him yeah. some slack. I thought it was, that was super high road. Sure. I don't think that he regrets flipping the bird. Earl Thomas is still going to say, fuck you, no matter what. But it was just interesting to see his take on that. There's the quick quick line of like, you know, he could he very easily have piled on. He didn't do that. He took the high road. Being well, that his last year in Seattle, he did the right thing.
0: Well, frankly, Pete Carroll's <laughs> life just got a whole lot easier because now he can justify not paying that guy the contract that he probably deserved before he got hurt. And well, he's hurt. I can't give him a multi-year contract now. I really wanted to, guys. Yeah,
1: trust me. Uh, what do you think this is going to do? Because I mean, obviously, this is an injury he's had before. Uh, it's an injury that you can come back from. Although and they're saying he's,
0: he could be a hundred percent by the Super Bowl.
1: Well, good thing they're not making the
0: Super Bowl, right? But they're but just. The- but that just means he's going to go into an off-season healthy, right? You know. He's going to be a Dallas Cowboy.
1: Do you, do you think that's going to affect his free agency?
0: Um, he's going to do the Richard Sherman deal. He's going to get himself a three-year contract. It's going to have some real guaranteed money in it. Um, but he's going to make it incentive-based. And if he hits incentives, then more money becomes guaranteed. Um, and he's going to end up being a Dallas Cowboy. He went to the University of Texas. Uh, he has wanted to be a Cowboy. I actually think the Niners, based on watch, you know, based on how their safeties have played through the first four weeks of the season, should make a very long run at him. Um,
1: wasn't he, Wasn't he also talking to Jason Garrett on the sidelines before a game?
0: Uh, was that, that was a, a different coach. It was a different coach. There was talk that they were going to trade him, and the coach, the player, the coach was like, "Yeah, why don't you come on over here? We're, the trade's going to be done by the end of the game anyway. Just come over here." And then um, when Seattle played Dallas, he had a, a, a you know, I think he had two picks in that game, and after the first pick, he went over and bowed to the Dallas Cowboys sideline. And just said, thank you, thank you. You know, I'll be with you next week or whatever. Wow. um, I miss that. That's where he's going. Wow. I would say. You know, but interestingly enough. Wow. Interestingly enough, the uh, Le'Veon Bell saga uh, continues. And Le'Veon Bell sort of said, hey, this is why we hold out. And I don't have any issue being the bad guy for everybody. Yeah, I saw that tweet today. You know, and I like I understand that. (laughs) I understand why Steeler fans are like starting to dismiss Le'Veon Bell or why NFL fans will dismiss these guys from holding out. But the reality is, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Earl Thomas, you know, Antonio Brown. You could list, you know. But these two, these two guys are in the top 50 players in the league, probably. Earl yes. Thomas is a top 50 player. So your top 50 you know there are 53 man rosters for 32 NFL teams so it's roughly 1500 players right that's not even including practice squad guys so 1500 players you're one of 50 i mean what's the what's the freaking math on that it's like roughly 3% of the league you represent 3% of the league so you're the top 3% of the of performers for a 11 billion dollar industry wow so shouldn't you shouldn't you be paid like you're one of the top three performers for an eleven billion dollar industry yes, so you can you know old dumbass football takes can say what they want to say all they want about how you owe it to the team you're not a team guy, you're not about winning you're not this is an eleven billion dollar industry Give think, me my money
1: I think that's going to start. Quite honestly, that the approach that was so popular in the late '80s early '90s about being that you're part of the team, I and mean, it's always been the torch that the coaches and the and the owners have, have 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 used. But I think as as more of these dynamic deals happen, and these the way that the player contracts are now negotiated, they're kind of out of the box of a traditional contract. You know, being heavily incentive based, things like that. I think that whole con- that whole concept of there's still going to be the team mentality. But I think it's, you know, these guys are coming up. I want my money. I want my money, and that is it.
0: Yeah. And you know, and again, I don't really blame them. You know, I think that no. the Pittsburgh offensive line kind of threw in uh, Le'Veon Bell under the bus. And there are didn't a lot they of.
1: Did bust up uh, Antonio Brown, too?
0: No, they didn't. They didn't. They said, okay. you know, that's just Antonio being Antonio. He just wants to win. You know, and, he, and all he did was, you know, he's had a couple of sideline tirades and he got into a little Twitter beef with somebody. You know, and betrayed yeah, up, up, me. Yeah, the trading thing ended up not being a big deal, you know, and Le'Veon Bell supposedly is going to show up in week seven, which is their bye week, you know, and guys are killing him for that. But it because the some of the guys are, you know, where they are who they are, and now they're just focused on winning championships, you know. But a guy like Le'Veon Bell, the guy's had 400 carries like three consecutive years. Right. Pittsburgh is going to use that guy up and uh, spit him out before he, before, you know, they have to sign him. That's what the franchise tag is really all about. It means that they get to hold on to these guys, you know, for one year, it's not a ton of guaranteed money. They get to do it for one year. And then, you know, by the time these guys hit 30, they're on the downside of their careers and they don't get the chance to cash in on the big money unless they're a quarterback. Right. You know, we had a great discussion, you know, referencing Josh Norman sort of talking about how the, the, there should be a salary cap for quarterbacks, you know, and, This is a situation where it shows up as well. You know, why isn't Le'Veon Bell, a guy who had 400 touches, you know, last year, why isn't he being paid like a guy who's in the top 3% of the league? You can argue Le'Veon Bell is in the top half percent of the league. Yes. You know, he's amazing.
1: So it's basically like it's him, Todd Gurley.
0: Oh, running back specifically? Yeah, I would say it's got Ezekiel Elliott. There you go. Right? Those are your Because they're really your only, you know, three down backs in the league. Yeah. That's the other thing. You know, everybody else is running these these running back by committees running backs by committee running back by committees
1: yeah well eh, they'll run back to the committee
0: so anyway going back to it I, you know Earl Thomas I thought it was hilarious that he gave his team the finger I thought it was hilarious that he was dapping up dudes on the on the uh, Cardinal sideline side you know I feel for him because he's all he's trying to do is get paid they say you know it's a clean clean fracture Earl Thomas, man, I feel for you. All you wanted to do is get paid, but look at it this way: you know they're not going to franchise you. They're not going to screw you this way. You're free to sign with whoever you want now, right? Because they're not going to try and make a run at your. You know they're not going to try and make a run at, at franchise tagging a 30 year old safety coming off of a, a broken leg, right? They're just not. So enjoy being with the Cowboys next year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so well, other than that, our, our obviously our, our home teams here the in Northern California, your Niners, my Raiders. Uh, Raiders pulled off a. Uh, a win in overtime. I don't want to throw the word impressive out because it was not an impressive game. Uh, But it's interesting. They did get that win and they did come down in the clutch and they learned how to score in the fourth quarter.
0: First time you've seen Derek Carr have any of that sort of fourth quarter moxie in two seasons, really.
1: Right. So my question, because this is when we went on, uh, you know, we, we do our sports picks on 97, seven, the river classic rock for the North Bay uh, on the Danny Wright morning show. And I came out and said I, I can't I cannot bet on the on the Raiders until they show me they can win games and score points in the fourth quarter. And boy did they! I also said to Tom Brady's on the decline of his career, and he <laughs> shows me by shellacking them with four or five touchdowns. Well, an that impressive game, performance.
0: That game was interesting because I'm not even concerned. I'm not. Even, I don't even think that they played. Like if you look at some of the ancillary statistics, I don't even think that New England played that well as much as Miami, Miami it was just, just coughed awful. It up.
1: I think land. I think they got ahead of themselves and they got they were already on to the next game. I think they I think they counted themselves ahead of they're gonna beat the Patriots, no problem.
0: Crazy.
1: It's, only, Crazy. it's the only thing that makes sense in that situation is that the poor play makes up for them just not being prepared for that game.
0: The thing that struck me about uh the Browns and Raiders game, uh that uh, you know, it just struck me as I watch it, uh, you're watching Baker Mayfield play essentially his, you know, third through sixth quarters of football in the NFL, and you're watching Derek Carr, who's now in his uh, fourth Fourth season, right? And Derek Carr, if you just look specifically at the stat line, Derek Carr's numbers are great. I mean, he threw for, what, 437 yards, 35 of 58 for 437 and four touchdowns, um, but also two picks. For all the yards that Carr threw for, there were times in that game where he looked like the Derek Carr that we thought we were getting at the end of two seasons ago. And then there were other times where you may as well have been looking at Baker Mayfield, um, just rookie plays. I, I There was an interception that Carr threw in the third quarter. You know, we kind of talked about this before the mics came on, but there was an interception he threw, I think, in the third quarter. It was clearly into double coverage. He underthrew the receiver as it was, and it got picked off. And then in the you know on the very next possession, he gets absolutely busted in the chops, You know gets up holding his ribs, and he, off his back foot without even really looking, drops it right into Martavis' Bryant bryant's basket in three in between three defenders it's amazing that he can make that throw those two throws in the same game
1: it's also i you know and and just paying attention to his you know looking at his eyes looking at his body language it's amazing how many throws he makes off his back foot he it is you're right a ton of throws and it doesn't make sense because he's rushing throws that don't necessarily have to be rushed and i'm all i can say is i hope that this win the victory And their performance of just basically fighting and not giving up because the Raiders of yesteryear, of last season specifically, uh, in the last three games, they give up. They're giving up in the fourth quarter. They're exhausted mentally, physically, all of those things. And I hope that this gives them a little bit of energy.
0: Well, I will say this. You can't. uh, You can't. Uh, say that the you know Raiders were screwed by the officiating in this game because I don't know how they overturned that Carlos Hyde first down in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean <laughs> that essentially should have ended that game, and the Raiders took advantage of it. You know, you you, yeah. you still have to make plays. It's not like they had a touchdown taken away or something like that.
1: No, no, no. But they have. There was a couple calls that went their way for sure.
0: And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you just have. It's better to be lucky than good, right? I mean. Um, Although the
1: one does it make up for the one the where they whistled the ball dead with Marshawn Lynch, who was clearly breaking tackles and had open field was gonna score.
0: Uh you know why that one's so tough? It probably it probably cancels each other out. Y- you know why that's so tough is because there's no way like the league tells you the league tells you like if you have any question, just let the play go and then you can review it. Right. But like it, you know, he's such a violent runner and he's moving his legs and his feet and whatnot. Like I could totally see where I could totally see where that call gets, like gets screwed up. And the shitty thing about that is there's just no way, like, no, oh no, no you're it- right. You're no, you're right. He wasn't down there. So he gets a touchdown. Like I, you know, where do you spot the ball? That? that was a tough one because it was, you know, super he was tough. clear. Once you look at the replay, he was clearly still moving and had not hit the ground.
1: Right. And also too, it's like a question of stopping. How many times before that did they stop his momentum? Right, and they start pushing them backwards. Right, they were on the verge of that. It didn't happen, but it's just one of those things that it uh, it was very interesting how that. And I'm surprised he didn't get penalized for kicking the ball.
0: I also was surprised by that. I thought and for Hugh sure Jackson he
1: was... was going after the ref over it too. Yeah, uh, but anyways, um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's good uh, that the, here's the the few positive takeaways. Um, it, it looked like for once the things that didn't happen on that team we talked about which is he picks you know carson picking one receiver and sticking to that guy he spread the ball around a little bit more mm-hmm. Jordy nelson got some attention cooper got some attention lynch got some ball time it seemed as if the ball was being spread out more which is good so i think that's the takeaway a good takeaway lynch clearly has gas in the tank yeah he's still he's still and he looks thin he looks fit he's running harder than he ever i think than he ever has uh, or as hard as he has in the past I say, uh,
0: this this has been his whole career he's run like this uh so
1: that's that to me that's a great takeaway uh and quite honestly the i think the defense uh finally made some some decent plays they finally stepped up a little bit and they've been playing better i'm not saying they're good i'm saying they're playing better as a unit
0: you have 42 points to a rookie quarterback which we're going to get to why that's actually not as big of a deal as you might think in a minute here. We're going to talk about just the overall state of the league. Um, they, they still give up a lot of throws and Carlos Hyde did whatever he wanted in that game. Yes. That was the thing. He, he got whatever he wanted. Um, and so, you know, I give John Gruden a lot of credit. I didn't hear him say anything about pass rush in the press conference. Somebody obviously <laughs> punched him in the mouth Said, knock it <laughs> off. Um, you know, they still don't get after the quarterback with any real regularity and, um, you know, and they don't seem to have anybody that can win matchups. This is—it actually reminds me a lot of the 49ers. They don't seem to have anybody that can win matchups at key—you know—at the point of attack um, on defense. Uh, Carlos Hyde got to the second level way too easy in that game, and you know, they—I mean, they—they—they they got two picks. Sort of their, they, uh, they, they, their
1: they, running back Chubb, that other guy. Yeah, he got, got some. He busted off some really good.
0: Um, I do not even say that he got to the second level. I think he just made house calls. What did he have, like two
1: <laughs> two runs for 100 yards? If you look at that second run, though, especially you talk about how the tackling has become an issue. Three,
0: three carries for 105
1: yards. If you look, every oh single God. person goes low on him, tries to go low, tries to go low, tries to go low. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Carlos Hyde, 20 rushes for 80 yards. Um, you know, they, they he got mostly just about everything he wanted. You know, it, it, Baker Mayfield did appropriately rookie things. And through, you know. A couple of really dumb interceptions in that game, and the Raiders capitalized. You know they're going against, they're going to play the Chargers this coming weekend, and I would say that you know Philip Rivers is not Baker Mayfield, but Phillip Rivers threw a pick six in the first thirty seconds of that Niner game, so maybe I don't know, maybe the, maybe he is ripe for the picking. Generally speaking, Philip Rivers is not going to make the same mistakes that Baker Mayfield is going to make, and you know I was. I don't want to say disappointed, but I overestimated Cleveland's defense. You know, uh, miles Garrett is a monster and he did some things in that game. And I I thought Denzel Ward did some things that I I think he actually had one of the interceptions. Um, They did some things, but they did. They also made a lot of, it's a young defense. So they, they made a lot of like young defensive mistakes and they're not the type of mistakes that the chargers will make. Now the chargers are not world beaters on defense. They let CJ Beathard rack up 27 points on them, you know, this past week. But, uh, They do have a little bit more uh, veteran savvy there. And Ingram, Melvin Ingram would be a real problem for that Raider offensive line. And, you know, if Derek Carr's on the run, who knows what's going to happen. But I just, this game feels different. It's amazing what a difference that one game makes. Right. This game feels different, you know, because we saw the Raiders able to do some things against the Browns that we hadn't seen them do all year. And they're going against a Charger team that looks awfully vulnerable considering that they – you know, squeaked one out against the Niners. It took, you know...
1: I feel like it took everything.
0: Well, it's amazing. The the play that sealed it... There are two plays that in my mind that sealed it for the Chargers. Um, in the beginning of the third quarter, the Niners were driving. They had like a 14-play drive. And uh, Garrett Selleck runs a little, like, eight-yard hitch on the far hash mark. Turns around. C.J. Beathard puts it right on the numbers, and it bounces off of his like shoulder through his hands off his shoulder pad in the air for like a 57 yard or 87 yard, uh, interception return down mm-hmm. to like the nine or five. And, uh, and so that was a big play obviously. And then on the final play where CJ Beathard fumbled the ball, or I guess it came because it was considered an interception. Uh, they lined up, uh, they lined up. I'm blanking on the safety's name, uh, on the strong side And C.J. Beathard picks him up and calls for the hot route. And the Chargers were not supposed to blitz both safeties. But both safeties came, and Derwin James hits Beathard on the blind side. Beathard didn't pick him up. And you can see the reaction But the Chargers coaches is like, oh, my God, what the fuck is he doing? Like, no, 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 this is, no, no, okay, okay. Because they blew a coverage, basically. They called a safety blitz, but both safeties thought they were the blitzer. It ended up working out okay. He got hit on the blind side. Ball popped up in the air, and the defensive end just happened to be standing right there. Um, you know, it took. Those are two big plays in the game. They are plays that you know obviously the Chargers capitalized on. But you could argue that you know it's a drop pass and a busted coverage. You know, um, you know they were not particularly impressive against the Niners. I give the Niners a ton of credit for you know being tough and continuing to just deal with injuries right now. Holy shit!
1: You guys, I, I it's it's unheard of the injury bug right that's in that fucking team right now it's, it's crazy it's obscene um so speaking of you know you guys play the cardinals in san francisco yep um what do you i mean that's going to be i don't know if they play like did against the chargers i think they're gonna be fine better seems to be doing a better job and being accurate
0: well he's not holding the ball as long that's the big thing accuracy was never really an issue last year it's just holding the ball a beat to a beat and a half too long um and just absolutely getting smoked um you know, I, the biggest thing for the Niners is they don't win any matchups outside. They know, any wide receivers that win one-on-one matchups. Um, and considering that you can't put your hands on a wide receiver these days, that's a pretty yeah. sad state of things. <laughs> the Niners don't win any matchups one-on-one outside, and that's both as with wide receivers, with defensive backs, and with defensive ends. They just don't have the ability to rush the passer with no Richard Sherman, and Weatherspoon is still hurt, and Jimmy Ward is hurt and also a bust, and uh Jaqueski Tart is hurt Colbert is hurt like you're playing third string practice squad safeties already you're they're a mash unit and and even when they're fully healthy they don't have enough guys that win matchups on the outside right and so they're winning with scheme and they're winning between the hash marks and when you get into the red zone that's a difficult place to have to win luckily Arizona is terrible so you know this game could be six to three or this game could be like 45 to 39 uh, because neither team I feel like
1: I feel like that's the, the more realistic of the two uh, situations. It's going to be it's just going to be this fucking exchange. It's going to be a lot like the uh, the Vikings and uh,
0: it will Rams not be that pretty. It will not be that pretty. I promise you that.
1: No, just as far as like all of a sudden it was just they're slinging the ball. Just touchdown, 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 touchdown.
0: It feels like for the Niners that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan sort of circled this year, 2019, as the draft and the free agent class where they will be able to find pass rush. Because they there wasn't much in the draft this past year. They did everything they could to get to Khalil Mack. Apparently they offered the same number of draft picks, just not as many first round picks as as the Bears did. Um, that's what I was reading today. Who knows if there's a lot of truth in that or not? But that's a right. that was a Matt Barrows thing, so um, he seems to be on that. You know, they did what He's they a listener could listen to the podcast. Oh really? No. Good. Uh, everyone they, that we talk
1: about is a listener of the podcast, just uh, so you know.
0: Okay. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> You know, this college draft has a lot of pass rushers in it. You know, I don't know what the free agent class is going to look like, but it feels like the Niners have built things. You know, we can – if we can get a secondary that is comfortable in the scheme and knows where they're supposed to be and has faith in the system, then forcing quarterbacks – oh, look at that, the Cubs. Watch out for the Rockies, man. I can't believe they won that game. Uh it feels like if you can get guys that believe in the system and know where they're supposed to be, suddenly if you're rushing quarterbacks and those guys are beating them to their spots, as opposed to hey, we have great defensive back or we have great defensive ends and we can create great pass rush, but our secondary is terrible, so it doesn't matter. Um, I think the 49ers try to do it the other way, and also they run the ball with relative ease right now. They, you know, they they the Matt Breida was a relative non-factor in that game, but they still move the ball on the ground fairly well you know be, between Mostert and Alfred Morris and Brita, you know, they were able to move the ball on the ground their best defense is that right now it just feels like everything they've built like not the defensive ends and pass rush was like the thing that they were they've been focused on since John Lynch took over i'm not like i'm yeah. not implying that that's the case but it feels like when they built their sort of brick by brick process in their heads or on the whiteboard or whatever. This was the year that they were going to go out and get some pass rush because they felt like they had the opportunity to build in other places first. And watching the Niners, that is the thing. You know, they cleaned up their tackling issues in the first half. They showed up late in the fourth quarter because, again, they were exhausted. It's a mash unit. Yeah. And, you know, when you're, when you're already outclassed at some of those key positions, as the Niners are, and then you're also hurt, to also have tackling be a problem is going to come back to get oh, you God! on top of all that. And, they, you know, when then guess what? The way Marshawn Lynch is running right now, guess the Niners are leading the league in missed tackles. How many missed tackles do you think or how many broken tackles do you think Marshawn gets in Santa Clara in a couple of weeks? <laughs> oh, my I God. I want to be 700. To yeah, 700. I don't want to speculate. Um, so I don't know. I, I was. It's such a weird place to be for 49er fans right now because you are bummed out about the Garoppolo thing. But you also know that, like, they weren't really going anywhere with their the current state of their pass rushing situation and their lack of like real talented like wide receiver matchups.
1: No, uh, but I think everyone was looking for they were looking for sparks, right? They're right. looking for that that intrinsic moment that says, "Okay, this is going to be a glimpse into our future." Garoppolo right. does have that relationship with this wide receiver. Um, you know, you could see what he brings to the table, and it was it was cut short, unfortunately. I mean, you yeah, had, you had a good. You know, six game, looky loo last year, but that's you know, you can say what you want about the about the, the teams you played. Uh, he still played well, but yeah. it's one of those things where you, I think you know deep down. But you know, so many so many fans, especially the casual fans, forget that so quickly. Forget you know they they forget last season. It's all about right now. I want to win right now. They don't want to wait. So it's tough for fans to be in that in that position of like like you said, looking forward to the next draft class. Which don't worry, the Raiders. I'm sure have a higher draft pick, and they'll probably take another offensive lineman. So you're safe.
0: Well, I they mean, they will not. They they're will gonna not. have they have two first round picks, right? They'll now, have the Bears always, and the Bears.
1: We'll get a we'll get a kicker. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, if the season. If the season were in right now, it would go uh, number one overall pick from one to thirty two. It would go. I'm not going to go all thirty two. I'll just go through through Oakland's second pick. It would go. Niners, Oakland, Buffalo, Indy, Jets, Arizona, Detroit, Cleveland, Houston, Giants, Seattle, Chargers, Oakland. That's the way that, that it, le- it shapes up right now. And these, this website is saying that the Niners are going to get another defensive tackle. Why would they do that?
1: Well, I was going to say earlier uh, don't worry. There's already mock drafts coming out. Yeah, that's what this thing. Fuck the mock draft. I know.
0: Jesus. I know. But there's a lot. There are some monster defensive ends. Rashawn Gary, Nick Bosa, Cleveland Farrell. There's a lot of dudes coming up that are going to make an impact in the league for sure. Um, so I don't know. I, again, it's a weird place to be for Niner fans. There were glimmers of hope in the game because you it was entertaining because you thought they were going to get blown out right and they didn't they they were right in it really um you know i think you're going to see that a lot you know this arizona game is probably not going to be particularly pretty you know they have some other you know then they're in green bay on monday night <laughs> you know the following oh, wow. week that's not good uh so i don't know I, it was it was i guess it was a little bit encouraging you know it's just enough to make you mad
1: because you see those you now you're seeing that and it's like you know, do you want to win? Do you want to tank the season away? You're tired of... You don't want people to... You know, you're tired of this, the, the, all the injuries. Like, if one more person gets hurt on this team, I'm going to lose my mind kind of thing, right?
0: Well, the thing that kills me right now, it's not like it's a bunch of, like, hamstring strains and, like, you know, obliques and things that are, like, conditioning issues. It's, like, all knee and hip and, like, contact issues. Right. Which is amazing, considering they don't fucking hit anybody. <laughs> but I... I don't know. I'm not that frustrated. I actually, I've said this on the show before. I actually think this, where the Niners are right now, uh, is a really fun place to be because you're they're trending up. I know it's not going as well as they had hoped right now, but they're still. You know, you've got Garoppolo. You've got there are pieces there. You know, Breed has been a nice surprise. You're going to get McKinnon back next year. You know, there's talk that the Niners are in on Le'Veon Bell right now, which they could cut mckinnon next year for only two million in dead salary money there's a lot of speculation about some of that stuff but there are pieces there moving forward and they've been a pleasant surprise at times even though you know they're only one and three to start the year uh i would rather this than um there's no hope we're at the very beginning of the build and there are no pieces which is kind of where they were at the beginning of last year or the other thing uh which is a team that is expected to be good and is just shitting the bed, like the Niners were in, say, like, 2014. Gotcha. Which is like, hey, this is a team that was just in the NFC title game, and they're expected to be contenders for the Super Bowl again, and, oh, my God, they're blowing a 21-point lead every week with dumb penalties, and, hey, look at that. There's another delay of game. What in the world is going on here? I remember that drove you
1: fucking up the wall. Because it was, yeah. Those are dumb penalties. Those are ridiculous penalties. And so... And I mean keep that in mind that that same scenario was the 2017 Raiders season. We're right. supposed to go far. They don't go far right and they just fucking shoot themselves. that, in the foot that over season and over
0: is so again. much worse than this, right It's so much worse than this because you know like you' you have the pieces. you have the, all the you pieces have, are there. yeah. none
1: of the coaching changed like all you have yeah. this is the same team on paper that should perform yeah. the same way. Well, let's do this. Let's take a quick five-minute break. Let's circle, circle the wagons, and we'll come back and talk some barbecue.
0: Perfect.
1: Let's hear from our sponsor, Advanced Auto Glass and Detail.
0: Ooh, what do they do? Sports
1: Meets Beer podcast is brought to you by Advanced Auto Glass and Detail. Advanced Auto Glass and Detail is committed to providing you with the highest quality premium glass products and a professional installation by certified technicians. They are experienced in every aspect of glass replacement or repair, offering factory replacement or a premium aftermarket upgrade. They even deal with those annoying windshield rock chips that show up out of nowhere. They offer free local mobile service and offer a full warranty on all workmanship for as long as you own your vehicle. And across the street at Advanced Detail, they specialize in cars, trucks, vans, RVs, boats, show cars, trailers and more. They are a full service auto detailing shop. Offering exterior wash, polish and wax, interior vacuum, shampoo, trim detail, and even smoke and odor removal. Water spot and scratch removal, paintless dent repair, it's all available at Advanced Auto Glass and detail. Advanced Auto Glass. Look for the purple building at 2460 Santa Rosa Avenue. And right across the street is Advanced Auto Detail at 2549 Santa Rosa Avenue. Advanced Auto Glass, 707 526 five seven zero zero advanced auto detail Seven zero seven five two six two two zero zero. 2200 let advanced auto glass in detail take care of all of your automotive needs let's talk about ham burning ham which is actually one of my favorite names for a barbecue competition
0: pretty great That's the best part about the barbecue competition culture is the team names, the competition names. Yeah. Burning Ham ranks up there.
1: (laughs) For sure. Um, So, Brad, unfortunately, your acting operations manager for the current Metallic U team will not be in attendance.
0: And (sighs) And he is very sorry. uh yeah i understand buddy i understand (laughs) it's not a kansas city barbecue society sanctioned event there's you know there's no team of the year points to be awarded in this situation uh it is a california barbecue society uh event i'm not sure what that means but uh we're gonna go check it out to
1: be confused with the kale barbecue society
0: (laughs) right tofu yeah tofu bob tofu barbecue uh yeah good times Pickles will be there. Triglyceride correspondent Kevin Brink will be there. Pickles. Uh, we're doing baby back ribs. We're doing. <laughs> we're doing baby back ribs and we're doing pork butts. That is those are the two meat uh, meat categories that they're doing. And then we have a bacon side dish, which is a uh, braised white bean, bacon braised white bean with tarragon and blistered cherry tomatoes. And then uh, we're doing a uh, bacon and honey pot de creme for our bacon dessert. So that is, you have
1: to make a bacon dessert?
0: You don't have to, but we entered because we have our secret weapon, which is Logan. So he's going to show up. Uh, we're actually... So uh, as some of you know on the show, some of you don't. I'm about to unveil something terrifying. Mr. Kinsmoke Barbecue, live wood fire guy. He also, Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. You telling me there's something to tell about right now? Talk about? <laughs>
0: no. I... <laughs> well, do tell. Um, I, uh... All right.
1: Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> I might just drop this in occasionally.
0: Okay. Uh, I I love cooking on my Traeger barbecue. That's uh, a hot take. So I gave it a new, nice little paint job. I saw that. What the fuck did you do that? You just did barbecue paint on there?
1: Or did you uh, like a flexi dip, head, like temporary I, thing?
0: I did like header paint. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh
1: little red racing stripe down the red
0: racing stripe and a nice niner decal out exterior niner decal looks good um blacked out all the logos like the Traeger logo did all the stuff it's all nice it's all black it looks, out. Nice. Yeah, it looks nice i uh, left some stainless steel where like I, like food will be coming in contact um good idea but uh yeah I, we're taking the triggers out there we're not gonna we're, we only have to do five pork butts and 25 uh racks of ribs which we can do no problem overnight um I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. But let me just give a little bit of advice to any of you who are thinking about maybe starting a barbecue competition in the future. Um, If your barbecue teams don't know the layout of the venue and or when or where to pick up the meat that you're supplying and or when or where they can start cooking and or the quantities that you said that they might have to cook and or if there's power available, uh, you have a real problem. And so us only finding out today at about 8.30 p.m. on the 2nd of October, with the event being on the uh, 6th of October, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was quite trying. So, But we're looking forward to it. Active 2030 in Runner Park, putting it on. Sounds like they need to get their shit together. Sounds like they need to get some real poop together, for sure. For sure. But uh, I think we're just going to go with our same uh, game plan as we went with when we did uh, Wine Country. We learned a few things, you know. Yeah, we did. Keep it a little simpler. But FYI, gonna- I've got
1: the dry erase uh, clipboard for you. Oh, good. I got one for you. So All right, good. good.
0: <laughs> Critical. Well, I'll need to get my hands on that for sure. Make sure that, make sure that we don't fuck anything up. <laughs> nice. But yeah, we're looking forward to it. It'll be a good time. Uh, keep keep it locked on the Sports Meets Beer Instagram page. Uh, check it out at this the time that you're listening to this. Uh, we're either doing it tomorrow <laughs> yeah. or we did it already. So just get, check it out. It'll be a good time. And, uh, you know, we'll post some some pictures. And uh, on next next week's Sports Meets Beer episode, we will have, I'm sure, a rollicking recap.
1: I'm sure there'll be something, hopefully, with beautiful bling and jewelries.
0: I hope so. I don't know what, like, the trophy or anything like that is.
1: They probably don't even know themselves. They don't even know what time they are picking up the meat. How do you think they know what That's the fucking point. trophies look like?
0: Uh, all right, quick question. Something just came through. Uh, Deadspin's Drew McGarry always does his weekly fun bag. One of my favorite reads uh, of the week, and somebody posed a question true to Drew that I'm going to ask you because I think that it's I think it's interesting. Uh, how many chickens, whole chickens, would you say that you think you've eaten in your entire life?
1: Are we going on? the like breast to thigh ratio or sheer poundage of meat?
0: Figure the average chicken, like real natural chicken is probably like, like
1: I could like like chick- three pounds. But I'm thinking like chicken legs. Like I don't eat a lot of chicken legs. Are you gonna tell me that like the the six chicken breasts I ate equal equal a full whole chicken. Or are we talking like uh, the actual meat parts of the chicken that I've eaten?
0: No, I'm, I think we're going to go by weight here. Okay, I think we're going to go by okay. weight here. So, like you know, the average chicken breast that you're probably eating that you're buying at, at Oliver's like it's probably eight ounces. Right. So you know, it's a half a pound of breast that you probably that you probably get per time, and figure the average forty two pounds, forty two pounds of chicken in your life probably. So that means that that means that you've only eaten eighty four chicken breasts in your whole life.
1: No, I'm just. I was going. Okay, no, no, no. I was going off of like total carcass. Like you said, three pounds per chicken. I was trying to take all the chicken I've eaten into right. a McDonald's and realized, squish it into well, how many, a form. How many? How many? How many
0: pounds of? You think you've eaten eighty four pounds of chicken oh, breast in your way life? More than that. Then. Okay. Uh,
1: well, if it was true weight of chicken, I would probably. Do we counting it on pizzas and stuff too? Yeah. Yeah. In any
0: capacity. Yeah probably 300 pounds. <laughs> that's that's funny. So 300 pounds of chicken, you know, that's like, you know, based two to three pound average, it's like 150 chickens in your your, your whole life you've eaten. Yeah. So, uh, I always thought, the more I thought about it, I'm like, I'm probably closer to like 400, 400 chickens. Just like, just the amount of like wings, like smoked wings. And like, we'd make a lot of chicken at the house. Believe it or not, I don't eat
1: a ton of fucking wings. And I'm now more because of you. I am way more into chicken thighs than I am anything else. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, but it's like for the, my house. For the longest time, I, chicken breast was that was it. You know, and yeah. I had a signature when in my bachelor days, I had a signature <sighs> chicken dish that would usually seal the deal. It was like a little chicken chicken cordon bleu thing.
0: Ooh, yeah, you
1: get the chicken breast filet, put a little prosciutto, Swiss cheese in there, and then uh, do a little. A little milk, a little um, uh, breadcrumbs put in the oven yeah, for at you. 325, whatever, like 325 for 30 or 40 minutes or something.
0: till the juices run clear, baby. That's it. And then the juices ain't
1: running clear, if you know what I mean. Oh, man, it was on after that. Like, Ow. I had that night a signature pasta dish that my, that my roommate adequately called meat with noodles because it was such a heavy meat sauce. Oh, really? Oh, God, I'd be like, you know, I'd have...
0: I believe it's Croft (laughs) Machenchez. Anyways. The average uh, American eats 93 pounds of chicken. Uh, And given that the average rotisserie chicken weighs between two and three pounds, that's about 40 chickens a year.
1: Uh, So you say, okay, so 40 chickens a year.
0: So it gets even <laughs> per capita chicken consumption in the american in the United States has gone up every year since 2012 In just that time frame, Americans increase their chicken eating by over ten pounds a year. We also as individuals, eat over triple the amount of chicken we ate back in 1960. Chicken is now the default protein of the American diet.
1: This is a great line. That is absolutely true.
0: That, of course, is because Big Chicken has lobbied to put chicken in everything. And because they've tricked Americans into believing white meat chicken tastes good. And because they've automated the process to such an efficient degree. Uh, your average grocery store chicken is some Pultroid abomination developed in a lab, raised in a glorified shipping container, and then slaughtered and packaged before it even sees daylight. It's not an animal so much as it is a living product. It's the, yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. Oh yeah, no. Did
1: you, did you hear uh, a friend of the show, Chef Carl Ruiz? Uh, did you hear his podcast with Opie about that? Where he went to it, he went to a chicken plant and was like opening like a chest of drawers, and there's basically chickens they have them just stacked into this drawer a drawer yeah. of chickens
0: yeah it's uh, we at our house we try really hard to uh really source where we're buying the chicken from usually and, it's always rosy rosy and rocky for us yeah we try really hard to do that uh and even then it's not perfect growing conditions for some, no. you know or raising conditions for those well, things
1: well let's be honest if it's rocky the range uh, the free range chicken it's also not the best ice- Environment either.
0: Yikes! Oh, they've been
1: um, rated twice
0: this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I just when the animal is raised in a more humane environment, the product is just better. Yes. Right. So. Uh, we, I met somebody at.
1: You know, you can instead of calling it the product, you can just say if Steve is raised in a better atmosphere than Steve tastes. Steve better. the chicken. Yes. Yeah. Steve's delicious. Not Steve your neighbor. Right. Although it would be delicious. No offense to Steve.
0: <laughs> I uh, I actually met somebody at Kin Smoke last week that said that they were allergic to chicken, and I go, "Are you really?" And he goes, "Well, actually, we think that I have an allergy to some of the." Better yeah, animals. We actually think I have an allergy to the some of the antibiotics that they give the chicken, so I have Ooh, to be really that's pretty careful good. about what we eat. And I go, oh, and he goes, but you're saying that you have antibiotic free chicken, and I go, I do. And he goes, he goes, but, and I go, but I'm that's what they're that's the product that I'm buying. I, I'm not there, you know. There's yeah. so many loopholes with the way the FDA handles this stuff now. Um, it's scary, and I don't want to get into a whole thing about. The cost of full certification and all that other stuff. all of the thing.
1: When you have, when you someone comes to the, the the window and says, "Hey, Brad, there's a guy that wants to know about chicken." Do you just, you know, tightly wind up that rag and put it in your back pocket, knowing you're going to sit there and have a 15 minute conversation with a complete weirdo? Um, no, not really. Because I- if it was me, I would one of those things where I'd pull out the chair and sit down at the table with him and be like, "Well, let's talk. Let's talk about your." Or the, I guess the conversation would then allude to you sitting down and explaining.
0: Pieces, yeah that you know. that definitely happens. I do, like if you know they cause I want I we train these guys to be able to answer all these questions but there are some things that like we don't think people will ultimately ask, right? right. Um you know and so You know, I, I'm happy to answer all those questions because I, we feel confident in the food that we're putting out and the quality of the product that we're buying, you know, and there are, there there are things, yes, we're buying certified Angus beef prime brisket. That's what we're selling. Well, why are you doing that? I'm happy to answer that question. You know, certified Angus beef, prime beef ribs as well. You know, we're buying what is essentially certified Angus for the pork. Why do we do that? What's the difference? You know, it's, I'm I'm happy to answer all those questions. No big deal. Um, there no, are you got nothing to hide. There are certain things though, like hey, where are the beans and the baked beans from? Uh, Puerto th- Rico, the, the bean plant, the the bean the bean plant. So they were they were raised humanly, Humanely. Uh oh, well, are they canned beans? Yeah, I'm not shelling, fucking <laughs> yeah. thirty gallons of beans. <laughs> you know, come on.
1: Yeah, consequently, that side of beans is eighty five dollars to cover all that labor cost.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, chicken, I think I probably, I've probably 400 chickens in my lifetime. I've probably eaten 400 chickens. And most of that is in wings and thighs.
1: Yeah. I uh, I don't eat as much chicken thighs as my belly would tell you. Uh, And I've only recently fallen into thighs. So, uh, yeah, it's been mostly chicken breasts.
0: I like, I like naked wings, like smoked. I'm not a big buffalo sauce guy.
1: You're not a vinegar guy, though. We've
0: no, I am a vinegar guy.
1: Well, in right in certain circumstances.
0: Yeah, I'm just not like a Tabasco guy. Like that buffalo right. that's buffalo style wing sauce just isn't my style. It's just not. I'm with you. I can appreciate it.
1: Can it's appreciate funny. It. I don't like the buffalo sauce on wings, but I do like the buffalo sauce on a chicken sandwich.
0: Chicken tenders. Yeah. Buffalo chicken tender. Yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. You want to wrap it? I think we should wrap it. Okay.
1: Well, that <laughs> is the—that's uh, a good plot place to end, I guess, huh?
0: Well, I mean, I don't know if the it's come home. The subject has come home to roost or not, but. Oh, oh guffaw, guffa, with that end? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's great. <laughs> And I've added too many beers. I'm pretty basted.
0: Let me... Let, oh, Christ. Let me just leave you with these little statistics, <laughs> sports fans. If you think that the NFL is as exciting as it's ever been. Um, <clears throat> Hold it's, on. Do we need to do the hot take button again? No, we okay. don't. Uh, we are four weeks through the season. Four. That means that, you know, a few teams have had bye weeks already. But four weeks through the season. Uh, we have had 12 games. Excuse me. 12 quarterbacks have thrown for 400 yards in a game it's happened 12 times Kirk Cousins has done it twice Ryan Fitzpatrick has done it three times I'm at this point last season it happened only once and it ended up happening only eight times for the whole year and never once by the same quarterback
1: uh tell me again how you can touch a wide receiver
0: yeah uh just to something else coming into this season a 133 game NFL career Fitzpatrick had thrown just once for 400 yards for 402 to be exact in 2013 uh jared goff has the season's biggest number with 465 yards uh andrew luck threw for 464 on sunday um the league average uh is 256 passing yards per game Uh, last year it was 224 and 10 years ago it was 211 and 20 years ago it was just 205 Uh, In a typical game this season, teams are throwing 36 times and running 25 times. Uh, Last season, which is 59%, last season was 56%. Already this season, already, quarterbacks have thrown for five or more touchdowns in a game four times. And 11 quarterbacks are averaging 300 yards a game. Uh, And here's the one that really got me. The adjusted yards per attempt, when you figure... uh, how many passes quarterbacks throw and then penalize them for interceptions. You get their adjusted uh, yards per attempt and Pat Mahomes, Jared Goff and Ryan Fitzpatrick all have an adjusted yards per attempt figure over 10. And last year, the highest figure among regular starters was Alex Smith at 8.5 yards, adjusted yards per attempt. Uh, Only six players in the history of the league have finished a season over 10. Uh, And two of those are Sid Luckman and Otto Graham, and they played in the 40s. Sid Luckman. So uh, the league doesn't care about defense. Uh, It's (laughs) their over-officiated defense in the league. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who lost his starting job admittedly, has has three 400-yard games already this year. And... Uh, there are just certain things about the league that just aren't fun anymore, man. It's been kind of a bummer. And that has nothing to do with whether or not the Niners or Raiders are playing well. There's just some bad football being played in the first quarter of the season. And that's just that's the hot take. Is. You heard
1: it here first. Episode 78, sports meets beer. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Remember, click, share, repeat. Give us everything. Review. Review would be great. Reviews would be awesome. Thank you. Can do that I'll probably send you 12 ounces beer
0: we'll send you as many emails as you sent us. <laughs>